Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. It's time to hear from you. Kendall and Casey present Voicemails. Brought to you by QC Kinetics for non-surgical regenerative medicine treatments at 317-559-PAIN. I'm so sorry you have just reached my answering machine. 317-684-8444. That's the phone number if you'd like to contribute to the voicemails. Questions, comments, and... Smart remarks at 1032 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Okay. Uh, so Sunday was the Indy 500. Mm-hmm. As we talked about last segment, it did end on somewhat controversial fashion. Yeah. And one gentleman was none too pleased with that. And we are the place to voice your frustration. So let's give him a forum. As my birthday falls on May 26th, I was born in 1961. My brother was born in 68. We are race kids. His birthday was the 24th of May. My parents used to score A.J. Foyt with the Smothers Brothers. I gave up going to the track because I got tired of Pinsky winning every race. I listened to the race yesterday after enjoying a wonderful birthday on Friday. And I see the same results. Ferrucci should have won the race, I believe. Or, or I believe his name is Award. Why does it always come down to Roger Penske winning a race by yellows or what have you? Newgarden was unheard of all day. Although I like him, he's an American driver. Please help me out with my sorrows. Please tell me it's not rigged like everything else. Well, look, I am not a racing expert by any stretch. In fact, the one race I consume each year is the Indy 500. I will tell you this, though. New Garden has uh, been long been entering Indy 500s as one of the favorites. He's won the series multiple times. This was... You know, I heard it described last week as his white whale. Mm -hmm. He's one of the premier drivers in the sport. He had moved up all throughout the day. He started in the middle of the pack and, as we talked about, aggressively moved his way up. And I think in order for you to believe it's a conspiracy, then you'd have to believe that Roger Penske somehow got on the horn with various other drivers and said, put on the brakes. Yeah. Hey, screw you and your ambition. <laughs> Why don't you just go ahead and get in a wreck so that I can win this thing at the end? And again, I know people are all over the map on, on, uh, the way it ended should have been a yellow, should have been a red, you know, or should have been green. I look again, as a consumer of, I'm, I'm a consumer of the product. I'm not embedded in the sport. I will tell you, that the people I was with when it was going on universally were excited that it was ending under green instead of yellow. Mm -hmm. You are a business. You are there to make money. I think it just was a stroke of good luck, but, you know, everybody's got their own opinion. You want to see them driving fast when they cross that finish line. And you know what? I get what he's saying that for years it was Penske who won Penske's team, but let's also keep in mind without Penske, there may not be an Indy 500 anymore. Well, and again, also remember that, I mean, weird things happen throughout the course of the race. Renus VK, T-Bones, Palo, 
And heck, Pelot made a charge at the end anyway, as did VK. I mean, you'd have to buy into, oh, there was a conspiracy that VK was going to hit Pelot and Bob. I mean, it's just, I mean, come on. <laughs> and are we going to pick next year's winner based on how their sour grapes were in the post-race interview? <laughs> Erickson was so mad. Hammer was texting me about the things they were saying on the radio and mm -hmm. stuff. It's like, oh my gosh. I mean, you would be mad, right? Like, I mean, you've got this thing basically won twice, and twice you get the, you know, in what was it? Was it three reds inside the final 20 laps, basically? I mean, it was just an incredible, I mean, again, as a fan, mm -hmm. very exciting. If you're the driver who didn't win, probably stinks. Hey, I wanted to get your reaction. I don't even know if you heard it or jewel singing the national anthem because people were kind of divided on that after i heard it i felt like she she gave us all a little bit of a lullaby she had a different twist on it but at the end you know in the home of the brave it's supposed to be this big crescendo and then whoosh, the flyover yeah and it seemed kind of sleepy to me and the actual flyover that got a better reaction from the crowd was back home again in indiana because that was the surprise flyover well no this is more a thing for you casey because you know i tapped out on these crappy 90s women singers a long time ago mm -hmm. and this is your department you love the cheryl crows <laughs> and the jewels and i think they all do i well you were okay. uh, very defensive uh, was that last week about this and so cheryl crow getting into the rock and roll mm -hmm. hall of fame mm -hmm. so I, i'll just just leave it up to you. Uh, I totally anticipated being completely underwhelmed by Jewel. I was, but I'm not offended by it because all these crappy 90s you, women singers aren't my bad. The expectations were set there. I will tell you that I think she sounded better in person at the track mm -hmm. than she did on the replay on TV sure. later that night. Right. So, uh, okay. Uh, Got a call, as I'm sure we'll be getting multiple of them coming into today after today's uh, show about the debt ceiling. Yeah, I just wanted to comment on the debt ceiling negotiation and the fact that McCarthy and Biden came to an agreement. Obviously, it's no surprise that they did that. I mean, I knew they were going to do it. And, Rob, you said from the very beginning they were gonna, that he was going to do it. And I knew from the start he would as well. And, of course, Jim Banks was so easily convinced, or at least he wanted to, be, to think that McCarthy would stand up for less spending. And he was telling us to leave Kevin alone. He's the greatest. <laughs> yeah, Jim, look what Kevin did. He basically did exactly what all of us, all of us who knew who this guy was, we all knew what he was going to do. And it's no surprise that he did that. And I would say not only that, I think you've got to keep trying to get Jim on your show because I really would love to see his reaction to all of this. I mean, again, I already know he's not going to get on there because he's too chicken to go on there. But, Jim, if you want my vote for Senate, go on the show, oh. explain yourself, explain why you voted for this. And maybe I'll take a listen. There is a better chance that Eric Holcomb waltzes his backside in here and ex explains himself <laughs> than Jim Banks. Oh, my gosh. There's no way Jim Banks have the guts to come in here and Rob, answer this I question. Was, I was announcing the parade on Saturday. Yes. And Terry Stacy and I were doing it together. And uh -huh. We were taking ta taking turns, alternating back and forth. And when Eric Holcomb came, I had to do it. So did you go, let, let me uh, let me, let me I do so it. Wanted, Lock down McGee. <laughs> I didn't. I was nice. I played nice. Can I, can, can I, because I'm sure you did ladies and gentlemen the governor of the state of indiana eric holcomb yeah can i do my rendition <laughs> sure ladies and gentlemen <laughs> please turn your attention to the south end of the parade 
Coming up next, please all extend a giant middle finger <laughs> to the governor of the state of Indiana, Malik Muhammad's best friend, Lockdown McGee, high tax Eric Holcomb. That was not in the script. Oh. That was not in it. Uh-huh. But, you know, to that caller's point, boy, that caller kind of sounded like Tony Kinnett to me. But um, Jim Banks, I he's just, if he were to come on the show, he's just going to defend Kevin McCarthy. But he's not, but he is, there is no defense for Kevin McCarthy. And trust but me. But he's going to keep singing that tune, though. Casey, every time these politicians come on, whether it's our show or me on with Hammer and Nigel, I mean, we all remember the Jim Lucas debacle last year. I mean, the Becky, Ca- the Becky Cash thing. They're not going to do it because they know how it ends. Because when they get called out, there's no excuse for their bull crap. When they have to actually, I mean, if you made Jim Banks right now out loud defend that debt ceiling based on his own tweets i don't need anything else other than his own tweets there's no way he can do it he's not gonna come on here because he's a fake phony tough guy he doesn't really actually have cojones and so jim banks never gonna come in here and explain why he is lied to the people of the state of indiana uh we did get a call that I think we need to explain because the Trump people are mad at us because they keep accusing us of Trump bashing. And so I want to give this guy a forum. He's a fan of the show. He's called multiple times about this. I'm going to let him on, and then we're going to respond to his phone call. Rob, Rob, Rob. Uh, I don't know what to say. I really, I really don't. Love the show. Love the show. Listen to Kim on KT every day. Uh, oh, it's... Right. Enough with the Trump bashing. If you want to disagree with Trump, what he did, some of the things he did, I completely understand. But you're bashing him like he, like he's totally a, a, a terrible person. You know, like him or hate him, he was a great president. You cannot deny that. What he did about shutting the country down, he was doing off of what CDC and Fauci and everybody else was telling him. He didn't know anything about that virus anymore than anybody did. Nobody knew about that virus. Was it right? Evidently it was not right. <laughs> but you gotta bash him so hard. Yes. Donald Trump's behavior during COVID mm-hmm. deserves to be criticized. We are the show that tells you what is actually going on and what we think. And we, while we may have favorites, we are not afraid to criticize our favorites. That's not bashing to me, Casey. That's being critical mm-hmm. of what Donald Trump did during COVID. He turned it over to Fauci. And you know what? I've stated it before that, and to his point, nobody knew what COVID was, what it was going to do. There was a lot of hysteria and a lot of fear mongering surrounding it. Trump played into it, and he shut the country down. And my rights don't go out the window. The rights of American citizens don't go out the window just because a supposed uh, a virus of, of supposedly unknown magnitude is here in this country. Look, I say supposedly unknown magnitude because we knew about two weeks in what was going on. I mean, the data was pretty obvious. Who was at risk? Mm-hmm. Who was most vulnerable? And people our age could go to work. 
You're going to everybody's going to get it eventually anyway, which people did. There's not one lockdown or mask mandate or anything that prevented anybody from getting this thing. Everybody who was going to get it got it. The people who didn't have the comorbidities and were of, of a certain age, while, you know, it may have knocked you down, it may have been, you know, it was worse for some people than others. But everybody could have society could have continued to go on. Donald Trump was the was the catalyst for the shutdowns. Yeah. That's not that we should be being critical of that as liberty-minded people who revere the Constitution and the rights of citizens in this country. Donald Trump helped take those away from people. And Ron DeSantis is the one who said he kept looking at the data, he kept looking at the science, and he's the one who kept his state open. And it, it was a lonely place for him. Okay, real quick, I, we go into this forever, but I want to give that guy because he's a big fan of the show yeah. and, and I appreciate him calling. So the the guy, the guy who always says he doesn't listen, but mm -hmm. then quotes exactly like things we're talking about. Is he not listening again? Well, so remember, his whole thing is he just calls about the one thing, which is how uh, he loves Trump and he hates us for mm -hmm. talking about nice about DeSantis or pointing out Trump's voting record. That enrages him. And now his new thing, is, remember he said, I, I just don't listen very much anymore, but he keeps calling about specific <laughs> things we're talking about on an almost daily basis. Well, he explained, Casey, oh. how he's able to do okay. that. Yes, take a listen. Yeah, Rob, I'm a lunatic moron. When I say I don't listen as much, I'm listening now. Yeah, when I'm in my car for 10 minutes, I pop you on and listen. But I used to listen to you in my office or stream you on my phone or if I got out of the radio um, the area up in the northern part of Indiana, I would listen, but I don't bother doing anymore. Okay, so he's he's still listening, just listening less. Do me a favor. When you're popping it on in your car for that 10 minutes, yes. go from 10 after till 20 after. That way we get credit for both quarter hours, <laughs> and that helps our ratings. So if you're only going to listen for 10 minutes, Boy, do it at that time. It's just amazing how he's able to just pinpoint exactly <laughs> what we're talking about. All right, uh, Hammer's next. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.